The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. And thank you, Emily. We appreciate you being here every day to welcome our program and give us our little disclaimer there. My name is Mac McCoy, uh, Mac as in macaroni, M-A-C, and you can email me anytime you want. And I like hearing what you don't like. I mean, I used to have restaurants, so when people said to me, oh man, your cheeseburgers are good. And I'd always say, well, thank you, but make sure you tell me that when they're not. And it goes the same thing in a ministry or, in this case, a radio ministry. I have to know what you don't like so I can uh, pray about it. And, and many, many times there are things on my radio program over the last 50 years that I've been doing this, there are suggestions from you that improve the radio program, and sometimes they are don't do this or don't do that. And I just want to give you that invitation anytime that you want to talk to us. Delmar Austin is here. We are in week three of the mission of the cross, or not just the mission, but of course the meaning of the cross. And I have a question for you to start out today, can I? Okay, please. What part of the story of Jesus reminds us that Jesus was not a helpless victim when it came to dying for our sins? You know, the reason I think that question is important is because a lot of people read the story and they see how the Pharisees and the Romans turned against Jesus and crucified him. But this did not just happen. Jesus is not just a a victim of their brutality and their cruelty. No, Jesus knows this is going to happen. He knows it ahead of time. He tells his disciples before they ever get to Jerusalem that last time. And in fact, he's been telling them this for some time. I am going to die. We're going to, I'm going to be delivered over to evil men, and these are the things that they are going to do to me. Jesus understands it. The triumphal entry when you remember Jesus going into Jerusalem yeah. that last week and all the people are flocking and, and singing Hosanna to him because yep. they think he's going to be the new king. Yeah, riding on that mule. That is that is a good way to stir up the hostility of the Romans. Yeah. The Romans are going to put a stop to that quick. And yet it was Jesus and maybe only Jesus that knew his real reason for being there. And it wasn't yes. war or intimidation, or defeating uh, people. It was defeating sin. And even though Jesus had explained it many times to his disciples, they still didn't get it. They still didn't understand when the time came. And that's why we take some time to try to understand the atonement and the meaning of the atonement, because sometimes we just slip over it and we really don't see what God is trying to say to us. Well, and I guess I'm one of the disciples because I don't understand it completely. We have to, for me, I have to continue to read and study and listen to messages. And uh, I think there's a lot of us that don't quite understand it. And thank God for the Holy Spirit and his communication with us to let us know. And God has promised us eternity to study it, (laughs) so we'll have a better understanding. That's right. I want to read uh, today from Colossians chapter 1, 
just a short little section here about God's purpose through the atonement for us to be reconciled. That's a key word, Mac, reconciled. So uh, chapter 1, verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Okay, Christ came and died on the cross to reconcile all things, it says. Verse 21, and you, you who believe in him, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Okay, so what is that telling us? Jesus did this. Jesus went through the atonement to forgive our sins, but he is also reconciling us back to himself. God is still a good, righteous God, right? Oh, yeah. And, and when we were separated, when Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, that separation has continued to exist, but God wants to reconcile that. He wants to bring us back into that close relationship again. And he does that through this act of atonement that takes place And the consequences of it is to have the Holy Spirit in our lives helping to change us. And now as as human beings, we've been saved by Jesus Christ. We, We have received salvation. But now the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts to start change our desires, change our impulses, help us to live in a new way. That is reconciling us to God. If, if God just forgives us and we go on and live this sinful lifestyle that is, is alienating us farther, that reconciliation doesn't take place. Now, in, in real life, many times when we choose to forgive someone, we don't choose reconciliation. Yes. Is is God laying that message out especially in the in the in the statement in the uh uh Lord's prayer, you know, forgive your trespasses as other people for as you forgive other people. That's how God will forgive us. That's that's a hard thing to pray really if you think about it. Yeah. Because we want God to forgive us the way that we forgive others. So that tells us you know, a change needs to take place in our hearts and in our lives. So for just asking for forgiveness and granting forgiveness, is that the best we can do on reconciliation is this side of heaven? Because it doesn't seem that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people say this, well, I can forgive him, but I can't forget. And therefore, there's no hope for reconciliation. Are we falling short as Christians? Well, don't just look at yourself like at one moment in your life, because any one moment can be a real low moment. God, God's purpose in, in saving you is to help reconcile you with him. And God is per- perfect goodness and perfect righteousness. So don't say, I can't do that. 
Say, by the grace of God, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, who helps me to become a new man or a new woman. And I know that a lot of people, forgiveness is tough, including myself. And reconciliation is, is, is even tougher. But I will tell you from my personal experience, when I grant forgiveness or ask for it, I also work towards reconciliation. Maybe you say, well, I'll never be married to that person again. That's okay. But you can reconcile Mm -hmm. the differences. Mm -hmm. So when you both stand before God and he opens the book of life, both of our names are there because we did what God told us to do to our brothers, our sisters, our our parents, our, our, our wives, our husbands, and that is forgive and reconcile. One thing about reconciliation is always two ways. You can't have just one person reconciling. To reconcile involves two different people. And we have to be willing, by the grace of God, to be reconciled. God's always ready for reconciliation. He's always ready to be reconciled with us. But, but we have to be willing to allow it to happen. Yeah. Sorry, we have a little camera problem here. So okay, we just moved camera. it. Yeah. Um, Delmar Austin is my uh, co-host every day as we do The View from a Pew here on uh, national radio and across the country on the World Wide Web. Many new places to find us. Uh, our best place to find us is always YouTube, and it's YouTube.com, and just search for The View from a Pew. Now, we are talking about the meaning of the cross, and we're talking about uh, the law of God and our reconciliation, him reconciling with us. And with God working in our hearts and in our lives, we are reconciled to the nature of God, to the ways of God. The law of God is, is not just totally separate from this whole picture of, of salvation, because the law of God is just an expression of who God is. God, God, is, God is a God who is pro-life. <laughs> God, is, God is a God yep. who is pro-truth. God is, you know, all these commandments have an expression about God. And he wants us to live in harmony with that. That's what he told us from the very first. It was Satan who questioned through the serpent question what God had said. Yeah. And he still does today. He questions everything that, uh, that God says is good and, and right and the way to live. My guest today as guest host is Delmar Austin, and we continue to talk about the meaning of the cross. And when we come back tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, the law and the gospel and the atonement with God. At one meant. That's what the word atonement means, which also defines as at one relationship. Coming back into relationship, yes. Hey, I want to thank the folks over at Divine Truth Christian Store. Uh, They do have bricks and mortar here in Omaha, Nebraska, one of the biggest Christian stores you'll ever be in. And I only say that because it's just fun shopping there. There are so many cool things that are over there. And if you're not able to come to Omaha or you're not in our area, just go to the World Wide Web and go to Divine Truth Christian Store. 
DivineTruthChristianStore.com, and you can order from them right online and understand what it is that you might want to give as a gift for a wedding or a graduation or a baptism or a, a funeral, a death. It's, it doesn't matter. Christ is in the middle of our lives through everything that we do. And sometimes we want to share Christ with other people. And uh, I always, uh, at Christmas time, challenge my listeners to keep uh, Christ in Christmas and have every gift that you give to anyone somehow have a, a either a, a story or a meaning uh, within Christianity, because it's, it's his birthday we celebrate, and it's his di- death on the cross uh, that brings us together, not only every Christmas, but every day in our relationship with him. And I, I pray that you have that kind of relationship with him, because Jesus is just, uh, he's the most important thing. What was it that C.S. Lewis said? That if Christ, Christ is either one of three things, either he's the most important thing in the world, but if you choose that he's not the most important thing, then you've missed, you've missed the meaning of your life. Yes. You've missed the relationships that you can have with people. And you've missed the life that God wants to provide for you. Yes. And part of that is reconciliation. Part of that is forgiveness. Part of that is always willing to, as Miss M says, eat crow and forgive. I think she calls me crow behind my back. (laughs) We want to thank you for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow, as always. And you can always catch us at YouTube and go to The View from a Pew. The View from a Pew on YouTube.com. I'm Mac McCoy. If I haven't told you lately, thanks for listening to The View from a Pew. Divine Truth.